I want to talk to you about correctability, but first let me explain what this is. This is a Patreon-only episode of the It's Good to Be a Man podcast. After a while, we'll probably put it out for general consumption of everybody, but for now, it's for you guys who bankroll this, so thank you so much. Now, these episodes usually will be an expansion of something we've posted on one of our platforms, Twitter, Facebook, or the website. Today, I want to talk to you about a thread that I put on Twitter a while back uh, on correctability. Correctability is the single best weapon a man can wield in his battle against effemacy and for manliness. The iron cannot be made harder apart from the fire and the blacksmith's blows. So it is with men. The man that spurns correction will remain soft and fragile. So what do I mean by correctability? Well, simply the ability to receive correction. Now, this came, this sort of insight came to me while I was in a pastor's college some years ago. And I was told by one of the faculty there, one of the pastors that was training me, that I was a brittle man. And I never thought of myself as a brittle man. I'm quite large. I'm, I'm six foot one. I've been lifting weights since I'm 15 years old. I've, I've been an athlete involved in sports um, my entire life. I've gotten in quite a few fights, in particular when I was young, and been involved in martial arts, boxing. Uh, I've, I'm not easily intimidated. Uh, some of you guys know that I used to be a professional card counter, and that meant I was in high stress circumstances. The idea of of me being a brittle man just did not seem to comport with the reality of my life. But I knew that this guy was wise and a good judge of, of character. And I wanted to know what he meant by that. So I just took it in the classroom, but afterwards I gave him a call. And I said, look, I I don't think I'm brittle, but I want to understand what you mean by that. And the conversation went a lot of different directions. But what I realized he was talking about was I always had a barb. I always had a comeback. Anytime you would correct me, I'd make sure that I push back on you. It was a defensive mechanism. It was, I was frail in the sense that it was hard for me to receive correction. And he was right. It was a brittleness. It's a brittleness that happens in homes without fathers or without good fathers. Just on Twitter the other day, I said, you know, fathers need to tease their sons. Not in a mean, hateful sort of way, but in a playful way to keep the kids in check, to keep their pride in check, to teach them that... um, critique isn't the end of the world and and to learn how to roll with blows. And that that was something that I was lacking and he was pointing that out. And it's very important for a pastor to be able to receive criticism because people are going to criticize you. It's just part of it. But it's it's important for all men. So correctability is the ability to receive criticism. And it's very important. That's why Proverbs repeatedly commends correction as something that produces vitality life, right? Strength. For example, Proverbs 6.23 says, correction and instruction are the way to life. You want life? You want more of life? You want your best life now? This is not what you're going to hear Joel Osteen say. It's going to come via correction. You got to be corrected. 
Proverbs 15.31 says, Whoever heeds life-giving correction will be at home among the wise. So correction is life-giving. It produces life. No correctability means no virility. You will be weak. So just like the iron is made stronger on the anvil by the blows, so will you the more you receive those blows. But if you're always spurning correction, you're not going to benefit from what other men have to say to you in the form of criticism. Now, how do you become correctable? I found three things to be especially helpful. First, remember that it's hard to smell your own breath. You have to have some critical distance from yourself to see your own problems a lot of times. You've had bad breath before and not realized you had to hold you know, your, your hand up to your face, to your mouth, and smell it, but other people smelled it. And we can only see many of our sins and problems through the eyes of another. So you want to be able to receive their help. And this means we have to change how we think about who is a friend and who is an enemy. So that brings me to Proverbs 27, verses 5 through 6. Better is open rebuke than the hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. And you don't hear these quoted very often. Uh, they, I haven't heard, I don't know that I've ever heard a sermon on them. I like what Matthew Henry says on it. It's pretty good. Uh, he says, Faithful are the reproofs of a friend, though for the present they are as painful as wounds. It is a sign that our friends are faithful indeed, if in love to our souls they will not suffer sin upon us, nor let us alone in it. The physician's care is to cure the patient's disease, not to please his palate. It is dangerous to be caressed and flattered by an enemy whose kisses are deceitful. We can take no pleasure in them because we can put no confidence in them. And therefore we have need to stand upon our guard that we not be deluded by them. They are to be deprecated. Some read it, the Lord deliver us from the enemy's kisses, from lying lips, and from a deceitful tongue. We want men in our life that are going to correct us. This is male friendship. The brotherhood is incredibly important to the development of masculinity. No fraternity, no masculinity. We need real-life brothers. And that's why correctability is important. Guys are the best friends are going to correct you. They're going to give you criticism. In general, it's going to be constructive, but it's not always going to be constructive because they're going to feel a sort of you know, freedom to, to talk to you about what they perceive to be problems. And if you're always spurning it, that, that's going to break down that relationship and chase those guys away. Our enemies, they love to flatter us. You should never trust a man that's flattering you. I really recommend that you pick up uh, Plutarch on flattery. He's got a lot of really helpful thoughts on it. I think I actually have posted about that on It's Good to Be a Man. Plutarch says a flatterer praises indiscriminately and copies rather his object's vices rather than virtues. Spurgeon says soft, smooth, oily words are most plentiful where truth and sincerity are most scarce. And the scripture's always warning about a flatterer. Whoever flatters his neighbor is spreading a net for his feet. Proverbs 29, 5. Jude one sixteen says these men are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. So just type in flattery or flatter on BibleGateway.com and, and look at those verses and see how important it is 
that you avoid flattery. Flattery makes us proud. Flattery makes us resent true friends. That's why it's so dangerous. So if we're going to be correctable, we need to be willing to receive the love of a friend that comes in the form of wounds. It's going to hurt a little bit. It's going to hurt because they're getting close to it. I know criticism is the best when it makes me angry, usually. <laughs> but what some of these trolls say online, you know, they'll, they'll say, oh, he's, he's doing this because of that reason or that this reason. A lot of it's so crazy, so out of left field. I don't even care. I know it's not true. But a lot of times when someone's onto something, I get a little angry. So you want to love the people that, you know, put you in your spot. Now, second... Uh, you should always consider the possibility that someone's offered correction is actually needed. You've been wrong before and you'll be wrong again. Think of all the times that you're blinded to, uh, to a certain reality. Think of all the mistakes you've made. It is within your ability to be wrong in needing correction. Now, it may not be the case, but you should at least theoretically consider the possibility that they're right. You are a Christian. You do believe that you're fallen and you need redemption. And even after being regenerated, you still need to be sanctified. So you could, in fact, need that correction. Even the crazy stuff, just accept it for a moment as a possibility. Think about it. Chew on it. And don't be this sort of guy. This is what I what I really hate. A lot of times someone will offer you correction and then you'll say, uh, well, give me some examples. And they'll give you examples, and then you'll want to argue with the examples. These women do this a ton. Um, they want the examples so they can argue and show that the examples are, in fact, not right. And it's not that people shouldn't provide evidence. But if this person loves you, it may be that they smell something's wrong, but they don't know the exact source of the bad smell. And they're just pointing out some possibilities, some things that they think may be where it's coming from. But if someone says, hey, you know, I feel like you're a really angry person. Where, where have I been angry? <laughs> I guess that, that'd be an example of being angry, right? But uh, they give you examples that seem off. But ask yourself, is it true in general? Am I angry? Is, is their critique in general true? Don't get lost on the examples. So that's one thing. Consider the possibility. Don't get lost in the particulars. Consider it. That's why all correction, you know, deserves some level of consideration because of uh, your potential to do just about anything um, under heaven. Uh, the third thing is remember that you lose very little by receiving even an incorrect correction. You know, Self-defensive men, you know, they, they always have to manage their image and they think they're going to make themselves look better by proving that they they don't have faults. But uh, men men don't trust defensive men. And it's because defensiveness is always an indication that a man is brittle. Uh, men do trust reflective men, men that are willing to consider something. You know, this is a guy that is careful, that's careful in his um, self-evaluation, a guy that when he has confidence, it means that he's actually given thought to it. But a guy that reacts, you know, at a sort of gut, quick level and defends himself as a guy that's not given to self-control or self-reflection. And so you you want to remember that when you demonstrate humility in receiving the possibility of correction, it's going to cause other men 
to trust you more. Humility is never going to cost you anything. Pride will cost you everything. So you want to stay humble and, and just remember, if your critic is wrong and he's your friend, in time he'll come to see that he was wrong in most cases. And if you're wrong and you need that correction, as you consider it, it'll become more clear to you in time. Now, I do think it is okay to defend yourself. And I can think of times where I've listened, I've weighed the criticism, and then I've come back and said, no, you're wrong. That's not true. And you see this, Jesus defends himself at times, and other times he doesn't. The apostle Paul vigorously defended his ministry, especially in 2 Corinthians. So men need to be willing to spend some time on the anvil, but they also have to be willing to be the hammer. And so sometimes you are the one that is actually saying, no, you're projecting your sins onto me. You're projecting your motives onto me. That's an import. You're not right. That's not how I feel. That's not what I did. That's not my motivations. There is a time to push back. But I think if you're pushing back more than, I don't know, I I, I try to keep things at a, if I had to say a percentage, I'd say 25% of the time I push back. The other 75% of the time I just take it. I roll with the blows. I listen. I see, you know, I consider it. And all it's done is cause more men to trust me and it's caused my my um, platforms to grow. And you just see a lot of catty, sissy behavior online. And it's a lot of guys just trying to um, prove that there's nothing wrong with them. I know there's all sorts of things wrong with me, and I don't want that to be the case. I want to grow. I want to be stronger. I want to be more masculine. I want to glorify God with my life. And a key to accomplishing that is receiving correction. Learn to receive correction, even from your enemies. Your enemies sometimes will lay it down better than your friends will. But pray that God would give you friends that would wound you. Pray for brothers in arms that are fighting the same battles and know where you are weak and can help you become strong. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And until next time, I'm out.